reports that say there's that 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 something hasn't happened are always interesting to me because as we know there are known knowns there are things we know we know we also know there are known unknowns that is to say we know there's some things we do not know but there are also unknown unknowns the ones we don't know we don't know and if one looks throughout the history of our country and other free countries it is the latter category that tend to be the difficult ones raised by media This could be the saddest dusk I've ever seen Turn to a miracle I lie My mind is racing Welcome to uh, Praised by Media. We're coming to you uh, from the Cataract Desert. Malcolm, can you remind me again? Why we're in the fucking desert? Why did you bring me here? It's hot. Why won't you share the canteen with me? (laughs) Well, you carry all of the gear, and I carry the canteen. It's totally fair. Okay, like, let's say I agree to that, which I don't. How did we get here? Well, we walked. Don't Don't you remember? Like, we walked, and we walked, and we walked. And we walked, and we decided that I I decided that we were sufficiently lost enough that we can do this episode of Appraised by Media, Lost in the Desert. Oh, oh well, congrats, you did it. We're lost in the desert. Well, yeah, and I'm glad we're here to talk about these items that we have. I'm, <laughs> I, I get it. I'm suffering from heat stroke. I wish we were back. At our interdimensional pawn shop that we own, where every week we get items to argue about the price of. But instead, I'm in a fucking desert. Yeah. Welcome to uh, Praise by Media, Lost in Paradise. I'm Malcolm Gibbs. I'm Duncan Gibbs, uh, and I'm currently suffering from heat stroke. Okay, Duncan, I tell you what. If you can tell me, just remind me really fast, why we get these items to appraise i'll let you have some of the canteen uh, maybe this is just the heat stroke talking maybe it's just my desperate desire for some water but i woke up one morning and there was a horse's head in my bed my bed was just drenched in blood it was was quite gross and on on the horse's head was a note that said from the horse society of horses <laughs> uh and they and on the back of the sticky note was you know what you did. Uh, what, now, what did you do? No comment. Uh, my lawyer has told me not to uh, <laughs> plead the fifth. I plead the five hundredth. But now, luckily for us, the horse the horse society of horses are notoriously bad at evaluating the value of goods. Mm-hmm. Uh, As horses are known to be. So now I wake up every morning with a new magical item in my bed. Uh, Weirdly enough, it's still always covered in blood. (laughs) That's just how the horse gets it to you. Uh, Now, Malcolm, I do I do like doing uh, I I do like doing this show with you. Mm -hmm. But you'll also notice that uh, around us is only sand and I hate sand. It's coarse (laughs) and it's rough. (laughs) 
<laughs> but I also noticed that there are no items around us uh, for us to evaluate. So uh, what's the dealio there? What do you think you've been carrying this whole time? No. Yeah. No. It was right in front oh of you. Oh my God, I could have stopped carrying this like hours ago. Mm-hmm. It was right in front of you, uh, right behind you the whole time. So what's on top of the bag here? What's this first item? It's a nice, wow, kind of still ice cold glass of milk. Oh, wow. Oh, that, that, that looks refreshing. It looks so refreshing. Yeah, it looks pretty good, doesn't it? You look like a giant ham to me right now. <laughs> Desert mirages. What are you going to do? Uh, well, with this milk... You can't have any unless you want to suffer the consequences. And those consequences being that the minute you drink this whole bottle of milk, the whole bottle, it's like a pint glass, a pint bottle. It's not like a gallon. You don't got to drink it. You don't got to do the gallon challenge. I'm ready. I'm ready for the gallon (laughs) challenge. I've never been more ready. (laughs) In the middle of the desert is probably the best place to do the gallon challenge. Uh, And you drink this whole pint of milk. And the minute you drink it, your bones become the most desirable bones in the whole world. Do we have to evaluate or can I just drink it? I don't even care about the concept. I'm so thirsty. Well, I mean, we got to make some money off this. So I'm probably going to have to charge you once we appraise the item. And then you you can drink it if you want to. Let's talk about the pros and cons before you just go jumping in. This item was submitted to us by James K. Polk. The pros are that it is ice cold and refreshing mm-hmm. and mostly water, and I want it really bad. Uh, the cons Wait, hold on. Are, sorry, sorry, sorry. Hold on. Um, milk is not mostly water. Yes, it is. It's a liquid. That doesn't mean it's mostly water. No, I'm pretty... I'm actually positive. Milk is, like, probably, like... Like, you know how you're 80% water? I should drink you. Don't drink me. You know how you're 80% water? Like, so is milk. Milk and you are the same. You're a giant glass of milk to me right now. I basically milk. It's actually true. I've actually watched Malcolm just, like, walk into the kitchen, pour himself a large glass of milk, stand there and drink the entire glass of milk. I think the first most obvious con here is the fact that people want your bones. And then not in a cool sexual way. They're not going <laughs> to jump your bones. Well, they no, might. They may you jump you for your bones, but they just want your bones. Poachers in Africa, archaeologists in Africa, other people in Africa. All of Africa. <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel like it'd be, it'd be worth it to be wanted, to, you know, be desired. I, I could imagine going on late night with Seth Meyers, but... Like, I mean, sure, it'd be a little awkward to, like, have to fend off Seth Meyers and probably the audience and his, mu- and, uh, his like, band leader, the ghost of Warren Zevon. <laughs> oh, man, I should watch Border Late Night with Seth Meyers. Jeez. <laughs> uh, but um, I-, I think it'd be worth it, like, because I'd get to go on the late show, right? Like, people, then- I'd be popular, you know, like... You'd be popular. I think for I think all the I'd people who would like you for your bones, there are the people who would want your bones so much that they're willing to act out violently. But like, what if your bones are just like the conversation starter? Like, right? Like, you need like to get your foot in the door, and then they and then it turns out that <laughs> they, they gotta, just they got to get to know me first. I'm not just all bones to you guys. Yeah, right. Like, guys, my eyes are up here, and they're not made of bones. That's actually not true. 
that your eyes are not made of bones. Your eyes are not made of bones. That Maybe is not true. yours. <laughs> you should not. It's so hot. Give me some water. <laughs> you can. Oh, wait. I did promise you water after you said this. Anyway, I think uh, that in my mind, the cons outweigh the pros here by far. Okay. So here's uh, another pro that I think is pretty decent. It's actually getting really hot in here. <laughs> uh, here's... God, I want some water so bad. So here's one pro that I can think of. Uh, you know how it's kind of a bummer when you die? It is kind of a bummer. Well, and, and like, because... And it's it's a bummer because, like, you know... You know, the, they... I don't know who said it, but someone once said that, like, the first death is you actually dying, and the second death is when your name is spoken aloud for the last time. Like, your name would be spoken of for generations. I'd have to, like, kind of arrange some kind of, uh, like, ancient tribes kind of thing where, like, they worship me. That way, when I die, my bones can be scattered to the farthest reaches of the earth so no one man can possess all of my bones. But, that, but like, I, I'm telling you that, like, that happens, right? You get your tribe of Malcolmettes. Uh, and they're just, they're really into you. They just really are all about that Malcolm bone life. And then they're into it because they've each been promised one of your bones. Uh, each one more valuable than the last. One guy's like, oh, yeah, I got the tibia. One guy's like, mmm, sweet humorous. One guy's like uh, holding up a tiny little bone and says, guess what, idiots? I got the inner ear. <laughs> Right, and, and that's why they follow you, is that they, they have each been promised one of your bones, and eventually they all get your bones, and then they go on to their, to their own, back to their old lives all around the world. But like 10,000 years later, the Smithsonian is going to have a giant curtain, uh, like a big red curtain, gold trim around it, and a big like uh, pull, pulley They're unveiling their new display. Exactly, 10,000 years in the future, and they say, <laughs> ladies... Gentlemen and the third gender from 10,000 years in the future <laughs> behold and they pull it down and it's just a, you with like a, a skeleton just a skeleton top hat cane cane <laughs> of uh, top hat and a putting on the Ritz cane <laughs> hello my baby hello my honey it is pretty cool that you will basically always be remembered right like that's and, what I'm saying like, is this even... is an investment it's it, like I think we should set a high price for this because like we're selling them something that might be, you know, kind of annoying in their life, but once they're dead is like invaluable to them for the foreseeable future. This is for people seeking posthumous fame. Yeah, but like how much would you pay to write like the greatest American novel, right? Like you're paying to have the most bucks. desirable bones in the world. You're right. I think that there are some pros there. I think like a nice pint of milk costs two fifty, and I think for this pint of milk we got to charge at least a thousand dollars. I think like two fifty was right if you add you know a k to the end of it. <laughs> this is something you don't want to just like give just like a rando on the street, right? We're not giving this to Steve Gutenberg. He doesn't deserve it. I don't think Steve Gurton Gutenberg is a rando on the street. Really? What was the last thing you saw Steve Gutenberg Cocoon. in? No, Party Down. It was Party Down. Yeah, it was Party Down, which is like 10 years old at this More point. 12, I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so we give it to the rando Steve Gutenberg, 
And like, but that's not cool. We don't want Steve Gutenberg to be the one. I think we should set a high price on this so that we like, I think by setting a high price, we, we make it even more desirable and we'll get a number of candidates that we can select from. Have we ever considered an auction scenario where we Ooh. set the starting bid at $250,000? I like that. Starting bid, $250,000. We get the right group of people curated that are looking for infamy for the rest of their lives. We get the boniest men we can find. Just the men with the most brittle bones with and the, closest and- to their death, highest amount of money. So, Duncan, do you have more than $250,000 you're willing to spend on this? Oh no! No, then this milk came for you. <laughs> well, we have to start at the auction. Do you, oh, Stan Lee? What are you doing here, <laughs> Stan Lee? Don't buy this milk from me, <laughs> Stan Lee. You're already gonna be famous, <laughs> Stan Lee. You get away from my milk. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, sold to anyone but Steve Gutenberg and Stan Lee for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, sold sold to auction for a starting bid of two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Gavel sound, a literal gavel sound. <laughs> All right, I've carried this probably 2,000-pound bag for the last eight hours. It's heavy. Okay, don't look at me like that. It's heavy. Uh, I get I get to look at the next item. Oh, what's this? It's a laser gun. Guess you want some water now, idiot. Um, all right, Duncan. There's no need to be rash. First, let's discuss... Oh, then what's this rash for? It's called a heat rash. I'm very thirsty. Okay, you're right. I, you you do have all the power in this situation. You can have some water. Well, hold on. Let's talk about this laser gun first. Uh, all right. It's not my fault if there's no water left by the time this item's over. Don't try to distract me. We're talking about laser guns. Uh, the laser gun was submitted to us by Buckaroo Banzai. <laughs> so this is just... Normal laser gun. Let me check. Laser gun sound effect. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep, it's a laser gun. Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, that's that's a really... You know what that is in the theme of our show? A pretty damn good murder weapon. Is it? I'm actually sh- pretty... I'm like, I know that fiction has led us to believe that laser guns are are very deadly. But I feel like a self-cauterizing wound might actually be, like, I mean, n- like gr- good. It's also a laser, though. Like, Yeah, but, like, at this point in, right, in, like, the 70s when Star Wars came out, like, you know what? Fair enough. Maybe guns won- weren't so good back then. They had to reload those muskets, right? And people are like... Star Wars Right, out. and people were like, oh, man, I can't wait till they invent a gun better than this. What if it just shot light and it hurt real bad? <laughs> but, like... Think about it. Actually, it's a piece of like hot plasma. Like it's going to go all the way through you. But bullets these days already do that. But well, bullets doesn't... tear up like your organs and like make you bleed. You get shot with a laser gun. You've just got a cool like looky hole through you. You're still going to die if you cut off like a hole in your body. Not necessarily. It depends on what organs it hits. Guess uh, like what if it only hits my appendix and I'm like, thank you, random laser gun mugger on the street. You've cured me of my appendicitis. I was on the way to the hospital. That's a lot of money. I don't have to pay now. And the mugger's like, well, huh? Maybe I should turn my life around. <laughs> Give me your wallet. <laughs> um. Well, I I see that this laser gun has only one setting. I don't think you can set this laser gun to stun. 
So I'm pretty sure that most ladies. You're right. Guns, oh man, you're right. It's only set to fun. What's uh, like a? Li- what are the cons of a laser gun? The con of it being a perfect murder weapon is that the minute someone's like, "Oh man, this guy was shot with a laser gun," wonder who did it? I'm the pretty only sure. guy we know who owns a I, laser gun. I was gun? gonna <laughs> say I'm pretty sure they're going to be like, "Hey, didn't I just see Steve Gutenberg on the Late Show talking about his new <laughs> laser gun?" The problem with bullets is that, like, uh, when you're shooting from really far away, you got to account for the curvature of the earth. Uh-huh. That's real. Yeah, that's like what... You, and you don't got to do that for laser guns, which actually might make them worse. You do miss the, it. That just goes out into the I was, I was about to ask, dude, the, does the laser ever stop? I think it, it has to hit something for it to stop. Well, so that uh, test shot you just shot into the air, we should probably be watching out for that. In case it falls back on us? In case it, like, hits the moon and the moon (laughs) fucking gets knocked out of its gravitational orbit and comes plummeting to the Earth. (laughs) Duh. I want to go over this really quick. <laughs> I want to. I want to walk through this situation. I, I want to be in your world. Uh, Is it nice there? It's are, really nice. Are in we this not world. in a desert in your world? No, we're in all, your. The desert is my paradise. This is my dream location. In your world, I shoot the moon with a laser gun. <laughs> I, in my world, <laughs> and it comes and it gets pissed. It's like, oh, oh, you want to start some? <laughs> this is like some Majora's Mask where the angry face is just getting closer. Like, huh? Who did that? Who did that? That stung a little bit on the moon. You know, in, in my world, that the, just by you shooting into the sky, you could mess with this really delicate ecosystem that is our solar system. Hit that moon, it gets knocked out of its orbit. It goes plummeting into the sun or the Mars or something. And Mars is our last chance. Hear hear that, NASA? Don't put a rocket ship on the moon. It'll throw it off balance. Mm -hmm. 100%. That's how physics works, Duncan. Okay, well, I guess we should set a high price on it then in case someone wants to shoot the moon. It's basically a weapon of mass destruction in my mind. Okay, well, let's let's hop out of your mind. It was nice there. (laughs) I'll admit I'll admit it was a little a little discomforting, but let's hop out of your mind and return to reality here. We have a laser gun. How much can we sell this for? Five thousand dollars. You think? Like a, a it's like it's like a laser pistol and like I don't know a really nice bullet pistol, not a <laughs> laser pistol, but a bullet pistol. I'm pretty sure they're called slugs for like what a thousand dollars, like a really nice bullet gun. Not a laser gun. I think I think really nice slug throwers are f- probably a little bit more than that, even. But those might be like antiques. And this is a laser gun, so I'm saying like five thousand dollars, like double the price of a nice gun. Oh, you know who we could sell this to? Who? Hunters, because not only will this kill the deer for you, it'll pre-cook it a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> okay, I want to hop. Into your world okay. really fast. Welcome. It's it's miserable here. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm in a desert. You're very dehydrated in your world. Uh, so in your world, mm-hmm. this laser gun yeah. shoots a, a big enough round of laser mm-hmm. that it could pre-cook an entire deer. Well, it won't pre-cook the whole thing. Oh, just the single spot. Just like a little a little section of it so you can just kind of like like you could write cuz you've you've been up since 5 in the morning. 
you watched the sun rise and you sat there and waited for a deer to wander by mm-hmm. and you see it and you go pew pew and you shoot it. It falls, o- it falls over dead and you're like, oh man, breakfast. And you just carve out the little bit of jerky <laughs> that you've made. Uh, oh, okay. It's just like to tide you over until you can get this whole thing field dressed and cooking. Have we thought about selling this laser gun with like flavor attachments? <laughs> you know, so like you can make you can seasoning. make like jerky immediately, right? <laughs> Just like like you put a little nozzle on the end of it and you shoot it and you grab a little bit of the deer and you're like, mm, it's gonna peppery. Break into a farm, make some teriyaki chicken. <laughs> uh, well, first off. I don't know. Let's hop out of your mind. Okay. Welcome your to reality. It's pretty scary with flavor attachments. <laughs> I want to flavor blast everything. <laughs> I don't want no regular Cheez-Its we could sell Cheetos. This, we could sell this as the flavor blaster. <laughs> no, in your mind, you can sell it as the flavor blaster. In my blaster. mind, I've already sold it to a millionaire. You sold it to oh, me. I sold it to a water mogul <laughs> for all the water he had. Okay, I'm thinking $5,000 is a pretty fair price for this pretty good hunting tool, murder weapon. That's fair. I think you might have to price it a little bit cheaper because, you know, you can go to the gun range uh, and you can practice your shooting skills. You can become an elite sniper without ever ever having to actually shoot anyone. Not an elite sniper. Elite sniper. Oh, right. You can Mm -hmm. become a L337 sniper Uh without ever having to actually shoot anyone. But as as all of fiction has shown us, you can't just pick up and practice a laser gun. You will still miss every target you try and hit. So, like, we either need to account for the uh, sheer, like, hours of lessons you'll need to be able to hit the broadside of a barn with this thing. Or we need to sell it with, like, a leather vest and, like, a white shirt and some stripy pants. <laughs> Not stripy pants. Pants with two stripes. There's only two stripes on those pants. Right. Well, that makes them stripey. <laughs> they are striped, not stripey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what we need to accompany this laser gun with is like a questionnaire. <laughs> like like one of those psychology tests, right? Like instead of only instead of like the train track. So like on your right is a beautiful princess. Uh, she, she's perfect in every way. And on the left is the is the king's treasure. And the king is nowhere to be seen. Uh and, we, and like, which one do you grab? And we only sell it to the person who said who rips up the form and says both. <laughs> yeah. We sell this to go getters and winners for five thousand dollars. Five thousand dollars? Yeah. Gavel sound. Gavel sound. All right. Uh, I got another item over here, and this appears to be a fake adhesive-backed mustache. Okay. Uh, classic handlebar. Mm-hmm. Not handlebar. A different kind of mustache. <laughs> the Whatever, regular. Like, regular mustaches. Like, straight up. This is a straight the, the up. Magnum mm-hmm. The Magnum P.I. The Magnum P.I. of mustaches. And it's just a fake adhesive mustache, but the minute you put it on, anyone in the world will believe that you, who you say you are as long as that person also has a mustache. So you can impersonate mustachioed people. Exactly. Perfectly with this mustache. Everyone will believe that you are actually that person. You put it on and you want to be Magnum P.I., you're goddamn Magnum P.I. You're not Tom Selleck. Yeah. You're not Tom Selleck. You're actually Magnum P.I. This mustache was submitted to us by Groucho Marx. Wait, that Groucho Marx? I thought it was that Groucho Marx. Is that Groucho Marx alive? I actually don't know. No. Oh, bummer. (laughs) 
All right, now if we can just manage to reference Ted Danson, we'll have completed the three men and a baby challenge. Man, I can't think of a single Ted Danson role in where he, in which he has a mustache. Well, you can't be Ted Danson. Sorry, buyers. Wait, hold on. I can't be Ted Danson? Well, you can be Ted Danson, just not with this mustache. What if, but like, so you're saying that I couldn't walk into Ted Danson's bank, the bank of Ted Danson, and walk in with this mustache and say, hello, I'm Ted Danson. Do you like my recently acquired mustache? No. Give me all of Ted Danson's money. No one I mean will, my money. No one will believe you. You got to be someone with a pre-established mustache. Could I impersonate it's uh, like someone with a pre-established mustache, but w- them without the mustache? Like, could I walk into Sam Elliott's bank, the bank of Sam Elliott, uh-huh. and say, uh, hello, I'm, I'm Sam Elliott. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not wearing my mustache today. I don't know. Um, I guess we could probably just try it. Well, hold on. Let's not waste that adhesive. Oh, you're right. That it's is only got so much stickiness to it. It can only stick it. like three or four times before. It... That is a major con that you've got like five or six good impersonations out of this mustache. Well, I mean, or you can commit to impersonating someone the rest of your life. <laughs> you want to assume someone's identity. And you can forever. super glue it. So now, uh, now the other, what I need to think about in order to appraise this is which, who you could impersonate to earn the most amount of money. Have we considered Sam Elliott? He does own the bank of Sam Elliott. <laughs> Sam Elliott would be a pretty good choice. And I think you could make a pretty good amount of money by picking the six most famous mustached celebrities and going and clearing out their bank account. Do you think there's just like one guy this wouldn't work on and he's like he's he sees like uh, four movies in two weeks and every time everyone's like, man, Sam Elliott was really good in that. And he's just like, who the fuck was was that guy with the weird, crappy, sticky mustache? Sam Elliott (laughs) only. I didn't think about that. Maybe it only works if the person knows who you're wanting to impersonate. Well, I mean, yeah, but that's true of. Like I, I guess, yeah. If Sam I can impersonate <laughs> you to a stranger on the street. They're not going to be like, mm, I don't think he's oh, Malcolm. That, that seems like he's Malcolm. <laughs> uh, like, of course, you could make a lot of money by picking the six most famous celebrities. But I think there's got to be one choice where you can make the most money. You're right. We could sell. We'd like forget selling this to someone. We could sell mustache Rogaine. <laughs> and it could be endorsed by all the famous mustachioed celebrities. Right. Like this is mustache. We create a product. Hi, some- I'm Sam Elliott. Yeah, some kind I of- couldn't grow a mustache before. I used mustache Rogaine. Some kind of solve. It's just like body lotion. We put it into a bottle, slap a fancy sticker on it, and then we get Tom Selleck. Sam Hi, I'm Tom Selleck. <laughs> I couldn't grow a mustache before I tried mustache Rogaine. <laughs> we can't use the name Rogaine. Hi, I'm the owner of <laughs> Rogaine. <laughs> uh, they are allowed to use mustache Rogaine. You're right. That is a multi-million dollar idea, I feel. I have a better way to make money. Now, any you, people will believe that you're anyone with a mustache, right? Mm-hmm. So you could you could conceivably, you know... In person, like wake up one day and say, hi, I'd like all my paintings back. I'm Frida Kahlo. (laughs) Oh, I didn't even think about like going back in time. I mean, there's the obvious choices of like 
you want to lead Russia in a different dire- direction, Joseph Stalin? Hi. Go ahead. I, hi, Vladimir Putin. I'm Joseph Stalin. Give me my crown back. <laughs> I know, the one you keep secret. And then he leaves the room and comes back in. Hi, I'm Vladimir Lenin. And <laughs> it's like the ghost of Christmas past for Putin. <laughs> That's actually a pretty good idea. You could very easily gain control of Russia by impersonating the last six rulers who had mustaches, which is like all of them. Slash be assassinated basically <laughs> immediately. You walk in. I'm pretty sure you'd like Vladimir Putin would genuinely believe that you're Joseph Stalin. But still and, kill you. And still be like, Mm-mm, this is my secret crown. KGB, get him. <laughs> You're right. That's probably not the best choice, but uh, through history is a really good choice. You could be like, hello, my name is Vincent Van Gogh. Well, he had a beard, not a mustache. You're right. No one would believe you. You're right. No one. They'd be like, you have blonde hair and a stick on mustache (laughs) and two ears. Wait a minute. I don't think you're Vincent Van Gogh at all. (laughs) The jig's up. That's why I always carry smoke bombs with me. Hi, I'm Warren Zevon. That's a pretty good way to make money. Yeah, but then you'd get into a fight with Ghost Warren Zevon. And who gets to be the band and, leader. Well, uh, yeah, and but like that guy's got Seth Meyers and Questlove on his side. <laughs> He's just like, just because Questlove also does a late night show. Oh, no, no. You, oh, you didn't hear about the war of late night television <laughs> where Seth Meyers encroached upon uh, Jimmy Fallon's studio like bit by bit. And then one night there was just a back to back feature of Late Night with Seth Meyers and Questlove was a part of Warren Zevon's band now. <laughs> We've acquired him like territory. <laughs> They're going to get Jay Leno as a slave for <laughs> Seth Meyers. Dance, Jay Leno, dance. <laughs> Do your funny dance, Conan O'Brien. <laughs> you could make untold amounts of money by signing a new book deal as mark twain <laughs> oh, and then you're right and then you could write the sequel to mark twain's new book but this one's written by ernest hemingway <laughs> i don't know how much money the autobiography of mark twain made but it was pretty popular i assume a good amount of money now i want to imagine this is not an autobiography <laughs> the sequel to the this autobiography the biography of mark twain written by ernest hemingway you could actually just write, you could use this to write legitimate, like, canonical sequels to all of your favorite books and movies and, people and television probably just as long them. as the writer and director was mustachioed. You could make Slaughterhouse-Six. <laughs> Hello, my name is Albert Einstein. I would this like... This is the theory of relativity, <laughs> too. It's even better. And the law is Duncan gets all the money. Remember when I pant- patented the theory of re- relativity? I'd like to earn my money now, please. <gasps> Where are my royalties? <laughs> yeah, nice try, Philip Glass. Einstein on the beach? Sued. <laughs> Einstein drops his solo classical album called Einstein's Actually on the Beach. I'm actually Einstein and I'm actually at the beach. Fuck you, Philip Glass. By Albert Einstein. <laughs> uh, so I think you can make a casual 50 million. There, yeah, there's there's a lot of, there is like, honestly, no upper limit to this mustache. Now, maybe, maybe it's the heat. Maybe it's the dehydration. Maybe it's that little man who lives on my shoulder and tells me everything to do. Maybe it's Maybelline. 20 bucks? Can we go like up to a hundred? 
Like a solid one hundred dollars. Right, I'll meet you in the middle. Twenty five. <laughs> okay, one hundred and fifty sounds good. Cool, hundred dollars. I think we if could raise the price to like fifty thousand dollars if we could get Sam Elliott to stand there and be the salesman of the mustache he's currently wearing. But what if he puts on the mustache <laughs> and decides to run amok through the city? Who will have the power to stop him? No one, because we sold the mustache to him. <laughs> I don't want to unleash that doomsday. $100. $100. Gavel sound. Gavel sound. All right, guys. Uh, that's all we have this week. Make sure to check us out next week. Uh, if you like us, uh, go on Facebook, follow us, subscribe, and leave a review, as you know, because it's super helpful. In addition to that, come check out our website and start the discussion because we're going to say this every week until one of you starts the discussion on our website, and that's appraisedbymedia.com. Uh, items can also be submitted to us. Our, our, all the links are up there, but it's mailbox at appraisedbymedia.com. Uh, on top of that, we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash appraisedbymedia, and uh, follow us on Twitter uh, at, at abmcast. Uh, and really quick, I want to give, first of all, shout outs to uh, Russell White and Andrew Baker for submitting items. Shout outs to Russell White and Natasha Keel for hitting us up on Twitter. But good segue, Duncan. Thanks, Duncan. We recently had a retweet, uh, and I've noticed a trend amongst people who retweet our tweets. So really quick, I've got a, I've got a real quick advertisement uh, as paid for by the retweet from Elizabeth Piper now. Men slash women who are into that kind of thing. Do you like avocados? Do you like long walks on the beach? Do you like rabbits? Apparently, so does the porn bot, Elizabeth Piper. If you think she's the girl for you, give her a give her a shout out on Twitter. Slide into those DMs. She has 14 followers, which is more than us by a significant margin. <laughs> uh, maybe her brain isn't real. Maybe her laughter isn't real. Maybe her boobs aren't real. Maybe she's a cold, heartless robot. But do you know what is real? Her heart and the man in China who programs her. <laughs> so give her a follow at... Slide into her DMs. I'm pretty sure it is Gena de Yazin 48 sir. Yeah, you should be able to easily type that into Twitter. One more time, it's uh, at Gena de Dezizen 48 sir. All right, thanks, guys. Uh, check it out. Check us out next week. Check us out next week. I don't think we forgot anything. I don't think so.